Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello, God. First of all, uh, apologies for all the recent masturbation, but I gotta say, that's kind of on you. If you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going. One, two, three. Bad boy! Four, five, six. B-I-G! I'm falling asleep right now. I could be at a brunch with a guy who runs a microbrewery, so let's pep it up. Yes! What is going on here? What 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 is happening here? And now, warning: side effects may include nausea, dizziness, tooth loss, dropsy, unexplained redundancy, unexplained redundancy, toe jam, excessive earwax, excessive belly button lint, genital bloat, brain tooth, stigmata, anal snoring, blue urine, bleeding eyes, dangerously high sperm count, dangerously low sperm count, raccoon hands, and dry mouth. Our feature presentation. <laughs> Raccoon Hands is a pretty good band right there. What is uh, what is Droppy? Anyone know what Droppy is? Oh, I think you know what Droppy is. Oh, really? Is that what it is? <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be Droopy? Mm. I mean... Uh, who knows? Right. I just... It sounded like a like it might be a real medical potential side effect. I, I just... I don't, like I'm Raccoon just, Hands. Yeah, <laughs> Raccoon Hands sounds real too, by the way. <laughs> That isn't good for you. That's all we know. Morning, everybody. It's Brandon Kevin and Bean Show. It's Thursday morning, the 7th of June. What's up, you guys? You know, just living. How's everybody doing? Living life? Yeah. 7.30 a.m. comes early, doesn't it? Oh, I'm sorry? Oh, man. I'm just saying. See, because Bean's in New Orleans, so he's rubbing it in. That yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I forgot it here. so much. So much earlier. Hey, um, when is daylight savings? By the way, how dare it? you? First Isn't it of all, soon? I feel how like dare I, you? There should be commercials for daylight savings. Something. Guys, it's saving. First of all, and we're well into it by now. A couple of months already. Oh, really? Is it good or bad that our listeners always think of us whenever they see some sort of mad pooper story? Is that the um, kind of show you want to be associated with? Is when listeners see a guy pooping in a neighborhood, they mm-hmm. think, oh, that reminds me of Kevin and Bean. Yep. Look, look, we're lucky anyone thinks of us at all for anything. So if it's the mad pooper, <laughs> I will rejoice. Poopy <laughs> do scoop. Scoop dee dee whoop. Whoop-de-scoop-de-poop. I guess one of my questions would be, why are there so many mad poopers in the news lately? This is at least the fourth one in the last year. Yeah, it does seem like they're ramping it up for some reason. Yeah, I mean, we had the mad pooper. Mad pooper. Remember? And then sure. uh, we, ha- we had the phantom pooper. Phantom mm-hmm. pooper. Mm-hmm. And this is the poo jogger. They call him the poo jogger. <laughs> that is the hashtag. He's trending all over Australia. Uh-huh. And um, Why? Why? I don't know why. Let's, Let's, why does it happen once? Yes. Let alone more than once. This, uh, the poo jogger, hashtag poo jogger, apparently has pooped in this uh, neighborhood. I guess it's a, um, 
I don't know, it's just a regular neighborhood in Melbourne, and 30 times in the past year, it is estimated that he has pooped. Now, is it, it I, so at that point, it's not an emergency, because, right. because you could then change your schedule or whatever. Yes. Right. Yeah, so I don't thirty I'm, times. Is it is it like a the thrill an exhibitionist gets? Is it doing something private in public and you hope that you get seen? Because m- most of the time he's not being seen. Most of the time he's just going out doing his damage and then going home. So he's he he it would doesn't make sense to me that he would get that thrill. All right, you're not going to like this idea. Or re- just Im- your immediate response is going to be no. Okay. Mm-hmm. We should have people call in. <laughs> no. Yes, what do you mean, no? No. no. You're asking questions, Matt right? Poopers? Yeah, who's the, who have done it in their life at any no point. One, because it would be fascinating to ask them this question. Why? I don't think we're going to... I don't think we oh, have listeners you who underestimate have been our listeners. <laughs> do not underestimate them. So, Steve Smith, who's a neighbor, I don't know why he's the guy who was in charge of finding out who the culprit was, but they set up some night cameras and they got a few images um, from a distance so they knew about what time he was doing it. So then he decided to stay outside at night and wait, you know, with a camera for him to come along. Do you think he yeah. napped throughout the day? He's like, listen, I got to do this <laughs> right? tonight. Like, he set I got a up shift for tonight. this. Yeah. Right? <laughs> What are you going to do? I'm just going to be watching for a pooper. So, Allie, you opened up your email last night, and with very little warning, this this photograph presented itself. Kevin sends this email. No, like, hey, when you open this, a huge picture of an old man taking a dookie is going to pop up. But you can't see any of it. It's just him yeah, in you position. See bare, you see the side oh. of his bare ass, though. He's, just, he's bent over. He's it ready. It is the whole frame He's when ready. you open your email. I mean, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a big, clear it photo. It's a big too. picture. Lord. Yes. Yeah, it's clear. So, <laughs> so <laughs> they d- again, why, first mm-hmm. of all. Okay, I got your answer is that we need to talk to people, but go ahead. Andrew Douglas McIntosh. Ooh, ooh Dr. Drew. Uh, maybe. Okay. Maybe. Okay, go ahead. Andrew Douglas McIntosh has been arrested, by the way. He is the he's the, the poo jogger. He is a national quality manager at a big time Australian retirement village company. He's also a member of the Brisbane City Council Board. Sweet. Oh dear. How about that? And this photo, by the way, it looks like a stock photo. It is it I looks mean, posed, yeah. Yes, it's yes. beautifully composed. It's in color. It's clear. I just That's part of what Ali hated about it. <laughs> yes, really the exactly. size of it and the clarity. So Steve Smith jumps out of the bushes. He's waiting in the bushes. He sees the guy who, by the way, has toilet paper in hand. and well, He's he, being responsible. He snaps his photo. Wow. Steve Smith says, I expected to be met with abuse, but instead the man gave a friendly hello before continuing on his way. It was very strange. A friendly hello? Yes. In other words, he didn't freak out that his photo was being taken and his cover had been blown. So he has been charged with one count of public nuisance. I feel like there should be more charges than just that. Littering, right? Yeah, I don't know. See what you did? Yeah, I made nuisance poosance. Poosance. Just because it sounds like it. (laughs) So... I don't know that we need to talk to. I think mad we do, poopers, but how... at some point, at some point, wouldn't you like to ask someone who's done it? Why right. do you do it? I mean, yeah. I guess we always talk about this as with the high speed chases, as we right. we ask why they make the decisions they do. I guess maybe it maybe has could... to 
be a fetish, right? It has to be a turn on, right? Right. I would assume so. Yeah. But how have we? How have we almost never heard of this, or heard of this years apart, and now all of a sudden there's one every three months? Though, is it like the new planking or something? I mean, is it now? Yes. Is this an? Is this an? It is some people the combine the planking. two. Great example. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm just saying is, is do are is this poo jogger inspired by the phantom pooper, the mad pooper, and all the other poopers? He goes, oh, I guess that's the thing we're doing now. I'll do it too. I mean, I doubt it. The guys on the, what did you say, city board or something? Yes. Yeah, city council. I doubt that guy's going on the internet and seeing somebody else's poop and going, this is the idea. This is for me. Maybe there's poo message boards. Okay. Yeah, they all get together. They're like, when are you dropping it? Oh, (laughs) 7 p.m. You think they coordinate them around the world? Yes. There's a a Reddit AMA. Coordinated poop drops. There's a uh, there's currently a mystery pooper on the loose in Toronto. Yes, uh, also man. By the way, go man, go. They're looking for. They've got they got photos up in the neighborhood. They think they know who he is, but they haven't caught him yet. So I don't know. I just I I know that I don't like it, and I know that I, I know that I be, like it. I don't want to be associated with it. All right, listen. I'm just saying. At some point, we're going to have mm-hmm. to ask for that. If you're a bad pooper, call. That's what you're I saying. I think at some point. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's talk about today's Kevin and Show, shall we? Do you really believe this? Sh- or are you just talking? Just talking. Uh, Dr. Drew's on the show today. All right. We also have uh, Jim Rash in studio. We're excited about that. You mean Academy Award winner Jim Rash? I do. I love him. Um, we have a B-team feature of the time Bean and I talked to LaToya Jackson. Mm-hmm. Now, neither what? of us have a memory of this at all. None. Yeah. I have but no idea how it went. For good reason, though, why you talked to her, right? Well, I mean... Why Why would we talk to LaToya Jackson about a country album, Bean? <laughs> well, I mean, I think it was a country I, album, right? I think so often we say yes to a guest who has a project to remote just so we can get them on the air and then ask them about what we want to ask them. Oh, about. I see. We so, didn't care about the country album, but we thought, oh, my God, she's LaToya Jackson. What a crazy life she's Tell had. us about I, Michael. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. So that's coming up today. We've got a uh, scientific survey. We've got uh, rules for eating. Which we had a lively conversation about in the office yesterday. Allie thinks we're idiots. <laughs> You're insane, is what you are. I think Allie's right. I think Ugh. I'm with her on this. And uh, who's the dick on the program today mm. as well? We will take a break. We'll come back with what's happening next. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. Hey, Rock. Time for what's happening, Allie. Um, so hockey might be over uh, tonight if the Capitals win. It's very possible. But... We get panic at the disco tonight. Before the game? Yeah, they're going to be playing before tonight's Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final at T-Mobile Arena. Of course, they're from Las Vegas, so it makes perfect sense. Do you think if it goes to 7 and finishes up in Las Vegas... The Killers? The Killers. I knew it. I right? knew that's where you were going. <laughs> I mean, that's the only reason I would root for uh, Game 7. Oh, other than Game 7... Was that my Jim Rome? I'm not positive. Not sure. That was uh, disturbing, but really. Let's go to game seven, people. Who's in? I mean, sure. It yeah. Would, it would extend the hockey season. Right. At least go to six so Washington can win it at home. Sure. Right? That would be fine, too. Yeah. Yeah. But seven. Then the killers. Yeah, but you don't even know the killer. I mean, yeah. you're just guessing. I'm just guessing. Right. But who but... else? Who else? Wayne Newton. How dare you? Is he alive? Is he yeah. alive, Bean? He's, he's a Golden Knights fan. He's in a bunch of games. Yeah, no one cares. Uh, <laughs> killers, though, right? Right. Think? Sure. I love that Bean knows that he's had a ton of games. <laughs> Bean, well, you're the I mean, best. There's been, a, there's been a lot of coverage about the Golden Knights because they're in the Stanley Cup final. So. Right. 
Right. You know, you always see those profiles of who, what celebrity fans go and things like that. Sure. I mean, but the Capitals, they got Pat Sajak. Yeah. So yeah. That, <laughs> so that happened. So F you, Wayne Newton, right? Pat Sajak. You guys, were you sad when you heard that the last remaining munchkin has passed away? Jerry Marin? I wasn't really invested in the munchkins. No? Mm-mm. He was 98 years old, uh, as Bean said yesterday, uh, too soon. Taken too soon. Um, yeah, he was too the young. he was the Munchkin that welcomed Judy Garland's character Dorothy to Munchkinland. Obviously, remember the one that gave her the big lollipop. Sure, that's not a euphemism. It was actually a lollipop. Handed it right to her. Mm-hmm. Remember that. Barely. Why do you hate I cinema? Don't. I don't hate cinema. There <laughs> Would, were. How many munchkins were there in The Wizard of Oz? 124, thanks for and, asking. And he's the last one. He's the last one. Um, it's it's kind of sad. Um, he made $50 a week for appearing in the film, and Toto got 125 <laughs> Wow, like, Toto was a dog, you guys. You're like, that's just, wow. that's just sad, right? All right, now let me ask you guys this question. It's an undisputed classic of cinema. Mm-hmm. Do you think, well, you would know, Kevin, you raised kids. Do kids still sit down and watch The Wizard of Oz at some point in their childhood? Is that a movie that the, that, that tr- has translated into the 21st century? I don't think they do that on their own, but if the parent yeah. talks them into it, you can pretty much get your kids to watch anything. Right. But do you think that that's considered still a children? Is it so far in the past now that most people coming up raising kids now don't even think about The Wizard of Oz? They, I, you know, they think about Pixar movies. I would you know? think. I mean, what, it, that is what I would think. Yeah. I just wonder it's if it's getting, yeah, it's getting further and further in our rearview mirror, and uh, and soon most people won't have won't have seen it or heard of it even. Sure, I mean because it was from 1939, you guys, right? But I mean, it had a good run. The Tin Man, and the, right? We get we've seen it. Yeah, well, we know the movie, but I'm just saying, saying those I are really great things for kids to learn, right? Mm-hmm. So be better parents, right? But if you're 25 and right. you've got a little kid at home, you're probably going to show them. You know, like I said, Toy Story. Yeah, of course. It, I mean, it, rather than going back to the 30s, I'm just guessing. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's good that Jerry Marin is dead because <laughs> he didn't hear, have to hear this conversation. <laughs> is that our conclusion? <laughs> I think that's a great way to sum up the story. I don't want him to think that his life's work has been wasted because no one knows or cares about his dumb movie. Uh, listen, oh. he, like you said, he had a good run. Yeah. He had a real good run. Uh, by the way, he was also um, the Hamburglar. Just kidding, Mayor McCheese and the Hamburglar. Hamburglar. What? For McDonald's. That's exciting. And he appeared as Little Oscar in the Oscar Meyer ads and as Buster Brown for the shoe company. The guy led a great life is what I'm saying. You should be proud of yourself, Jerry Marin, up there in Munchkin heaven. You did a lot. Are we still talking about the Munchkin? We are. Okay. I've got two more minutes. I don't know if you knew, he also appeared at Twilight Zone, oh. Seinfeld, Bewitched, it's Superman. Oh he it was more a child ape in the sequel, Planet for the oh, Battle sorry. For the Planet of the Apes. Time's up. <sighs> sorry, we're out of time. All right. Some birthdays for you. Rapper Fetty Wap. Rapper Iggy Azalea. Actress Emily Ratajkowski. She's the one with the... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. she sure is. <laughs> uh, singer Tom Jones. Weren't we just talking about him? No. No, no we weren't at all. <laughs> talking about Wayne Newton? <laughs> I don't think we talked about Tom Jones in six months. Very, very different <laughs> people. <laughs>
Nice work. Holy crap. Dr. Michael Sarah, Bill Hader. Oh, I love him so much. Guitarist Dave Navarro. And, oh, top five list of men. Top three. I'm going to go two. All right. Liam Neeson. And that's what's happening. The Kevin and Bean Show. The world famous K-Rock. Here's the headline from Fox News, you guys. Survivors penning revenge obituaries to settle scores with the departed. It's time for Who's the Dick? Who's the Dick? Really? Who's Who's the Dick? <laughs> You're in charge of the myself. <laughs> the uh, posthumous pillorying, tough word to say, pillorying, of the dead or the revenge obituary is part of a growing trend that has family members digging up dirt on the deceased and getting the final word. The latest is a local newspaper obituary for Kathleen Demlo, who passed away last week at a nursing home in Springfield, Minnesota, and could barely have hit any harder. Kevin, you've got the obituary in your hand. I mean, it's it's amazing. Her kids do not like her. Mm-mm. So they wrote the obituary, and then they paid the Redwood Falls Gazette to post it. And the, it starts with the you know normal information, the date of her birth, her marriage to Dennis Demlo in 1957, the two children she had with him. But then it takes a sharp tur- turn, and this is literally what they write in the paper. In 1962, she became pregnant by her husband's brother, Lyle Demlo. Why? That's the kind of detail that usually doesn't make right. the obituary. She usually became, that's kind of like you know, the family kind of, I don't know, buries that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. They tried to bury it except for then she, it says then she moved to California. She abandoned her children. Ouch. Gina and Jay, who were then raised by her parents in Clement, or Clements, um, Mr. Uh, and Mrs. Joseph Schunk. And then they go on and they say she passed away on May 31st, 2018 in Springfield and will now face judgment. <laughs> They're writing about her in her obituary. Mm. She, now, will, she will not be missed by Gina and Jay. And they understand that this world is a better place without her. Savage. Right? Wow. Savage. Wow. Look, look, look. These kids are in pain. Right. I mean, I look at it and go, this... I don't think they're in... It doesn't sound like they're in pain over losing her. No, no. I think they're in pain over the the way they feel about her, over the life that they had with her, or maybe more accurately, without her. And I feel like they're probably... It's probably... They're wrestling in their mind with how they should feel that their mother has died and how they do feel because they... They thought she was such an awful parent. It doesn't sound like there's much wrestling going on. Right. They were pretty <laughs> yeah. pretty clear. I mean... And these kids are in their 60s. So I know that pain doesn't go away. It doesn't mm-hmm. dissipate, especially if your mother left you. Right. But uh, come on. But after someone's gone, do you need to publish all the dirty details? No. You can send an email to the rest of your family like, good riddance, that be. <laughs> like, something like that. But this is... The, uh, I don't have in front of me, but the the one child who called the sibling to let her know that the mother was dead, she picked up the phone and the sibling on the other end said, ding dong, the witch is dead. That's how the news got back to one of the, wow, one of the kids. Bitter. Yeah. Wow. 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 So... So, if the get the reverb ready here, Kevin. Okay. If the question is, who's the dick? 
we've decided have we decided then that there's no excuse for the kids to do this? I will tell you that the newspaper that it was the obituary was published in got a tremendous amount of negative feedback from their readers saying you should not have published this. And in fact, one of the reporters for the paper even responded and said it was a very uh, tumultuous discussion in the newsroom. I was against publishing it also, but we were out out overruled. Uh, they were also paid. And yeah, they run the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, they were. So I'm guessing they, were they had to well, take because, the money. But they, but they, they wouldn't put in. You know, they wouldn't put in. Uh, you know, Nazi propaganda just because somebody paid them. I mean, they do have editorial standards, and there were people who thought that this was uncool to put this in an obituary that it was disrespectful to the dead. And by the way, a lot of people say a lot of people just have that theory in general: is don't speak ill of the dead. They say just so, because uh, there's no way to defend themselves. I guess. I guess. Just as a matter of respect, I guess. But and, and maybe you could look at this lady. I mean, look, she certainly wasn't a perfect parent. We know that. But she had people who loved her, I bet. Mm. And she had... I'm sure she did. Mm. I'm not Most people are not either all bad or all good. This one seems to have been pretty bad. <laughs> well, her sisters were there when she passed away in a nursing home. And one of them said she made a mistake 60 years ago, but who hasn't? Has she regretted it over the years? Yes. So, I mean... I mean, but if you, if you abandon your kids... But there's no telling how she tried to right that wrong. Right. Who knows what she has done over the 60 years to make it better. Who knows if she never spoke to her kids again. But I'm thinking if a phone call is made and a ding-dong, the witch is dead, I'm thinking they've had discussions with mom over the years. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's just... Yeah. I love that they that they published the name of the brother, first and last name, of the husband's brother who she had sex with. I mean, right. that's crazy. God damn it, Lyle. Right? Stupid Lyle, the brother, then parented us, and then she abandoned us. Allie, I think your point is well taken, that there are so many details about this family that we don't know. So is it fair to have this version out there? By the way, they never expected this would go viral. The right. woman who wrote the obituary said, I just thought it would go unnoticed in the paper. It was really just for which, us. Which you know? all obituaries do to me. I've exactly never yeah, yeah, yeah. read one. So now this is, I feel like now this is kind of the definitive retelling of this family's history in these th- few paragraphs or something like that. And who knows how fair or how accurate it is. So, I mean, I can see, I can see that point as well, I guess. But Kathleen Dick, right? I mean, she's not a great mom, if that's what we're saying. Not great. <laughs> Who's a not great mom? It's not <laughs> what this is called. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. I'm not positive how this came up yesterday in the meeting, but we started talking about uh, rules for eating mm-hmm. that we have. Some you of mean them, like eat with your mouth closed? That kind of rule? No, not that kind of rule. Like It's mostly if you're in a big group. It's so annoying to have everybody make that dinner process be so long. Just get to what you're supposed to do because you're aware that there's a big group and you don't want to take more time than it has to take. Oh, you're speaking my language right, right? now, Kevin. You know that. So you know, I'm, a, I'm very much a proponent of, uh, of speedy ordering. So we so we were at Comic-Con <laughs> and how many people were at the table? Like 15. It was a big group. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy. And Bean sort of lost it and I supported him. He's, he started yelling. He was like, Listen! Don't ask them how they're fixing the food. Just order it. Everybody was like, holy crap, the guy's yelling. <laughs> Look. And yet, this, right after you yelled, went pretty smoothly. Got to be honest. Here's worked, the, worked pretty here's well. the thing, guys. Especially, and we've had this conversation before, not even about food. 
what's the number, Kevin, at which it gets almost impossible to coordinate a group evening out in Las Vegas? Four. Oh, in Las Vegas? Four. <laughs> seriously, right? No, seriously, yeah. Four. If it's, if six it's is two, almost undoable. Right. right, exactly, because everybody's got to come in from a different place or leave again at a different time or once they yeah. do a different thing, and there comes a point where it just becomes unwieldy. So my only point when we travel for these things, like Comic-Con or where we were in New York recently for the, for the Grammys, is that know that it's a long process because there are a lot of people, and when it's your turn... I want you to have already had in your mind, you already know that you want either the pancakes, the hash browns, or the toast. Don't ask the waitress, huh, what comes with that? And then have her read it back to you and then pause <laughs> while you think about which one you want. Old man I'm saying, will beat you. Well, your responsibility <laughs> to the group and to America, may I say, is to have already made that decision in your head when it gets to be your turn. Agreed. I don't want I don't want the I don't want the waitress to come around to you and that's when you think, oh, I should open up the menu and see what I want. Want. That's the equivalent of the person in front of you at the grocery store who waits until the cashier is waiting for the money to pull the wallet out of the purse. You yeah, know what I mean? Be prepared. Have the credit card in your hand before you ever need it, is what I'm saying. It is annoying. And I have also another rule. And then we're going to take you, if you have rules for eating, because some of uh, these are ridiculous and some of them make sense. I have another rule, which is if the waiter or waitress comes to your table... And they say, are you ready for me to take your order? Or do you need a few minutes? Mm -hmm. Never need a few minutes. Never. It could be 15, 20 But what if you need a few minutes? Panic order. Okay. So what you do is, (laughs) if she comes to me and she says, are you guys ready to order? I go, yes, we are. Start right over there. And then I just, that's when I start scanning. And by the time she gets to me... (laughs) F and order. Just order something. That's great for you. But what if the other person... Be ready. Bean said, be ready. But I'm saying this is a good way at least to take care of it. Don't send her away. Just mm-hmm. panic order. Maybe they do the same thing. What if everyone's panic ordering and then, then you, you just, hate your dinner? No, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Who cares? It doesn't take so long. That's the point. You're in a rush. Why are you guys so busy? I don't know. We have a lot to do. I'm just saying when there's big groups and a waiter or waitress comes over, it just is so frustrating. Yes, because, oh, no, we don't need a few minutes. Oh, why would you tell them that? I mean, you guys know that feeling. I mean, what if you want water? Like, is that is that bad? I will tell you. Um, when we were in New York for the Grammys, oh yeah, he lost it again at the table. Bean did? Oh yeah, he slammed his fist down and said, <laughs> "Seriously, you guys, be ready when she comes. No question." <laughs> and I didn't order what I wanted to order because I had a question about the scallops. You did the right thing. Then. I, was, I didn't know if they were pan seared, so you right. know what? I just went with salmon. So at- f you, I would have liked the scallops better. <laughs> at that point, though, you have the responsibility not to sh- not to slow up the group. I was terrified of being <laughs> I'm going to go away. Uh, by the way, uh, if you have any uh, restaurant rules, we want to hear about them at 1-800-520-1067. I'm going to go a step further. And by the way, um, I keep these, uh, all these things that you think I'm imposing on you. You scare the hell out of us, dude. What yes. I'm telling you is these are my rules when I'm eating by myself. Okay? Because I am respectful <laughs> of the server's time as well. When the waitress comes over to me, and says, hey, welcome to IHOP. Can I get you started with some water or some coffee? I not only say yes to the water and the coffee and tell her that I need the cream as well, I go ahead and order, too. 
if she's already come over to me to ask if I want water, I'm already ready with my order so I can give it to her all at one time. One transaction. She doesn't yeah, have to but, come back to the table again. But that's a little easier for you because you order the same thing every goddamn time. Every week, <laughs> right? same thing. So you order pancake. You already know your order before you walk in. Right, but I'm also not wasting the server's time by making her go to the back, bring me out beverages, and then take my order. I let her do it all at one time because I'm just trying. I'm a very busy He's man. He's a slave driver. <laughs> I'm very, very busy. You guys are so not I don't, busy. I don't of listen. You. I don't know why it drives us crazy. I think You're it's just. I think it's just big groups drive you crazy. Yeah, they right. just do. It's difficult to do anything as a big group. And here's what drives me crazy. It's not at a restaurant, but like if you go out to to like a fast food or something, don't ask oh, I have me to different sp- rules for those. Yeah, yeah don't ask me to split an order. Like I'm getting this because I want this. Don't try to take half of what I want. They you're can't even like ask who's no. in the car with you. You mean? Yeah, unless you're my girlfriend, who I will share with. Don't try to to split my order. Oh, that burrito looks good. Can I have half of it? No, get your own. Who's splitting burritos? Right? Who splits a burrito? Assholes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's take a call from Joseph in La Mirada because he's feeling our pain. Hi, Joseph. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, so my rule is no custom order. Order off the menu. Don't try and grab one thing off of one plate and put it on another. Just make sure you look like a jackass. I like it. I like it. Joseph knows what's up. Thank you. And Joseph, and may I add to this, and you tell me if you agree, if there's something that's only served at a certain time in that restaurant, don't try to talk them into bending those rules. If they only (laughs) serve that till 11 a.m., don't be in there at 3 p.m. saying, yeah, but could you? Right? Dinner time's dinner time. Lunch time's lunch time. Thank you. Show up late for breakfast. Go somewhere else. Go to right. Exactly. You're a good man, Joseph. Good American. <laughs> Joseph. All right. Lindsay, Stephen, Patrick, you guys hang on. We will get to you. We're taking your calls. If you've got food ordering rules, 1 800 520 1067. By the way, Kevin, we haven't even talked about what happens if somebody at the table orders the thing that you were going to order. Yeah, well, oh. that's. Haven't but, even talked about that yet. Oh, no, no. The reason is because what? we've let's, been. Hold on. Let's because hold it. Let's hold it. We've been focused on a big group and not slowing things down. That mm-hmm. rule is just stupid. <laughs> How, how we'll dare get, you? That rule is just stupid. So we'll, we'll get to that in a second. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co-worker of yours. Rules for eating, we're talking. And Patrick in Huntington Beach is on the line. Hi, Patrick. Hey, guys. Uh, so I, I was hoping to get a ruling on this more so than just tell my side. Okay. okay. Um, with, with my wife, when we go to dinner uh, for dates, after we pay, I feel like we should absolutely get up and leave. Mm-hmm. And if we want to continue a conversation somewhere else at the bar or something, that's fine. But she... Now, are you doing sit- that? Are you doing that because you are trying to be considerate of other people waiting for a table or because you just want to not spend so much time at dinner? Uh, well, it's twofold. One, I'm, I'm thinking about the waitress or waiter because I don't want to sit at their table and, you know, they're already getting paid. Their tip is done. So right, right. Out, let's get them someone else. Also, if she's been drinking, I have a limited amount of time to get her home where she, <laughs> while she's still in a good mood and I can still make my moves. <laughs> Look, a guy's got to make his moves, <laughs> right? We approve. 
Look, there's no way we there's no way we can uh, we can rule against you after that uh, that defense, Patrick. Yeah, you get her the hell out of there and get her home and do what you do, man. All right, here's another rule, and this one's stupid. If somebody else at the table orders something before you, okay, mm-hmm. that you were going to order, uh huh, move on. You got to get take something else. It's been taken. It's already been ordered. That's not stupid at all. That makes perfect sense. That is insane. Absolutely. Of course. What are you You talking about? You can't order the same thing as somebody else ordered at the table, Thank you. Uh, What are you? What are we, savages? (laughs) Come on. You're not sharing, right? I think it's a competitive thing. Like, oh, you win. Now I have to win something else. You guys are insane. Look, that's saying, why you want to order first in order the best thing on the menu. Right. Because you freeze out everybody else's the table. Then you burn the table. You guys right. are insane. This is the most nuts thing I've ever heard because you're <laughs> okay. both serious. Well, yes, of we are. Of course. But uh, Ra- oh, Rachel writes nuts. in, by the way, my brother refuses to order the same thing as someone else. He says the food doesn't taste as good if someone else at the table is eating it. Thank you, Rachel. Your brother knows what he's talking about. Rachel, your brother is nuts. one 800 520 Six, seven, talking about your restaurant rules. Let's go to Gary and Hemet line uh, six. And we hadn't we hadn't talked about this, but the restaurant rules can also apply to the drive through. Oh, oh don't get me started right. on the drive through. Gary, thank you for you, calling. You thank you for holding on. And most of the time, all their stuff's blasted on the windows already. So you're driving out there, and then you cruise by the first menu without the speaker. You, you drive by the real slow, and they still don't know what they want to order. They get the speaker, and the, the lady asks, Can I help you, sir? I order my food. What do you want? They don't know. They still don't know. And then they start yelling it over your shoulder at the speaker. Don't yell in my ear. Be ready before we get here. <laughs> so, so you're talking about the passenger in the car. You're the driver. Yeah, you the pa- know what passenger. you want. Your passenger doesn't. The passenger, yeah, the passenger is an idiot. The, well, passenger, the passenger gets right out of the car. Then, right out of the car. Exactly. <laughs> they already knew where we were going. We went to Del Taco. They already know where we're getting. <laughs> right. <laughs> For the yeah. most part, when you go to a fast food restaurant, you do order pretty much the same thing every time. Yep. So if you don't know, then that's ridiculous. I'm yeah, with you, you, Gary. You dump them in the parking lot, Gary. That's what you do. Thank you for the call, sir. Appreciate that. So let's go to Zuri, Long Beach Line 3. I'm not sure that I'm going to agree with this one, but let's let's hear her out. Hey, Zuri. Hey, good morning. Good so morning. it's kind of like a, a, a thing after you eat. You know, at least carry some cash because there's people like, say, six in a party. Let's split up a bill. Put $23 on this card. Put... 18, can you imagine the server trying to break that up and be like, really, these people can't pay? Oh, oh so you're in favor of if everybody brings a little cash, then they can all pitch yeah, in, and then like, you don't have to split it on all the credit cards. Yeah, and it's just like that way the server's not rolling their eyes as they're walking away. You yeah, know? that's that's a nightmare. That's a nightmare right? scenario when you have to that. split it on five credit cards or something. Right? It, it really is. Zuri is correct. Yep, I think we're going to yeah. roll with you, Zuri. Thank you very much for the call. Appreciate that. Let's try Sam, line two. Sam is uh, calling from somewhere. Hey, Sam. Hey, guys. Um, <clears throat> the one that drives me insane is with my kids. I had to m- implement this rule years ago. They'd order up a ton of appetizers, get full on that, and have the meal ordered for the next day that they they didn't intend to eat at all. They're just over-ordering. Over Oh, so they would order enough to make sure they had food to take home to eat the next day? Yes. I mean, Sam, you just raised smart kids. That's what I'm hearing. (laughs) That would drive me insane. I would tell them every time. And so I had to finally start telling the waiter or waitress, no, all they're having is appetizers. (laughs) You're worse than us. Wow. (laughs) And we were just accused by Tracy of being a food bully. I think we're nothing compared to Sam. All right, let's do one more. Let's make it to Lindsay, line one, orange. Good morning, Lindsay. Welcome to the Kevin and Bean Show. 
Good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, this isn't a rule that um, has, like, taken off yet, but I'd like it to. Okay. It's, you know, when you, ever, you have a big group and everyone's, like, looking at the bill, doing math, and they're passing it around slowly, it drives me crazy. So I like to take a picture of the bill and text it to the whole group so we can all do math quietly for, like, a second. Wow. And then the conversation can resume. Do you ever Lindsay. do? Do you ever do credit card roulette? Uh, no, we've never done credit card roulette. That's pretty good. You put all the credit cards in, you pull one out, that guy pays for the meal. Boom. Yeah. That would be cool. I like that Lindsay's like, I'm going to give you guys a minute to look at this bill (laughs) silently. Do your math. Do your math, and then we'll all come back together. That's amazing. You know what I mean? It's like, it's so taxing. You're just sitting there watching people, like, getting ready to do your math, and it's like, where's the conversation going? You have a lovely meal, and then... You have to just take a minute. And I and I can tell you, once the bill gets to Allie, you're stuck for like 20 minutes. I am confused. I'm just like, someone handle this. I can't. See, and as a former waitress, I don't mind handling it, but I get really clearly. I'm kind of bossy. It's like I don't want to do that for everybody. At the very least, can we just not play pass around for a minute? I just drive. Yes. Wow. Good for you. I'm glad to hear so many people keeping the server in mind too. By the way, because that is a tough job. I know we said Lindsay was going to be last, but let's literally squeeze in one more Carolina line four, please. Carolina's in L.A. So nobody has thought of this before, and she's absolutely right. Carolina, hi. I have a friend, every time we go to a restaurant, ask the waiter or waitress what they recommend. Don't do it. Nobody likes it. The waiter doesn't like it. We hate it, and it takes forever. (laughs) So don't Um, ask for the waiter's recommendation. Just pick something and order it. It's on the menu. Look, the menu is there to describe what is available to order at the restaurant. Choose from what's on the menu. Right, but you're not even in in favor of asking the waiter or waitress, like, what's your best thing here? Uh Nope. What are you known for here? Nope. What if you say, I'm, I'm trying to decide between this and this, and then the waiter sometimes is truthful and is like, seriously, don't go with the steak. Look. I, if, I like yeah, that. If all, you, if all you want to do is talk, start a podcast, Allie, all right? <laughs> if you're there to eat, order and eat and get out. Right? Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a time trial. That's what it is. You get in and you get out. And anything that slows you down, you die. It's the Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. This is a Juan from the 714. My wife and I have a rule that if you're skinny and recommend a good place to eat, it's an automatic nope.com. It's a good point right there. You don't want to hear rec- restaurant recommendations from a skinny person, right? Oh, I haven't thought of that. You want to go someplace where you get fat, where the food is good. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Hey, DJ Omar Khan. Hey, good morning. How are you? We've been seeing a lot of you in this uh, room lately. I know. The listeners love it, guys. By the way, we just asked Omar We just asked Omar if he had any rules, and he said, no, but I always followed the ones that you guys yeah, said. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Good good for you. I burned lightning last week. We went, we went out to lunch, and he wanted a salad. I ordered a salad. He had to eat a burger. He was so miserable eating his burger. <laughs> you guys are the worst. Order what you want. If somebody orders it before you, it's off the table. Yep. Nuts. Omar is the co-host of the very popular B-Team podcast that you can get wherever you get the Kevin and Bean podcast at com or Apple Podcasts or whatever. So it's he, and it's David King of Mexico, and it's Beer Mug, and it's a show about the show. Mm-hmm. They tell behind-the-scenes stories and the history of the Kevin and Bean show. How far into this are you? Like 30 episodes or something, uh, right? We just recorded episode 39 yesterday. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. How about that? And yeah. there's so much stuff on... I don't listen to it, but I understand there's so much <laughs> stuff on the B-Team podcast 
that Kevin and I have no memory of doing. Yeah, so uh, Lightning was hoarding this hard drive with a bunch of old school Kevin Bean stuff from the early 90s that I've been going through. And uh, last episode, episode 38, I found a bit where you guys called Latoya Jackson to talk about her country record from Nashville to you. And I was like, what? Why Why did we do that? Um, <laughs> here, it doesn't it's sound a, like it's, something. It's an excellent question, and I have some audio that okay. I want to present for you guys. And um, I think uh, Michael Jackson had just married um, Lisa Marie Presley. Oh, okay. so it was to ask questions about the Jackson family. It's exactly. Okay. So what year are we thinking here, Omar? I'm thinking 94-ish. Okay. Oh, ar- wow. Around there. And you guys weren't totally convinced that you guys should speak to LaToya, so you guys decide to, on the air... Flip for it. All right, let's flip. <laughs> Seriously, let's flip. Let's just call her. Oh, Lighting, you have a coin? I have a nickel right here. You have a nickel? All, all right, right let's flip. Flip on whether to call a toy or not? Heads? Well, first of all, Frank, our producer in the studio, are we going to get you in any kind of trouble? Who, who? What bridges are we burning here if we don't do the Latoya interview at all? Well, Latoya... She is pretty worthless. Uh, I'll grant Kevin she's pretty worthless. <laughs> let's set this up for the fine K-Rock listening audience. Those of you who listen to this program, we think that Latoya Jackson, or at least I, this is Kevin speaking now, is a bag of hot air, has nothing to say, and the only reason she's famous is because she talks bad about her family. I agree with that. Oh, remember when she used to talk so badly about her family all the time? All the time. Ali, you remember that? Because you're looking at me like I'm a dick. I'm just looking at you because that's your voice. (laughs) My voice. Okay. I want to get me in on some of that action. Well, why would we want to talk to her? Because she has nothing to say. Heads will call her, tails we won't. All right, here we go. Heads. All right, best three out of five. <laughs> best three out of five. Are we yeah. bypassing two out of three? Yeah. Going right to three out of right five? Right to three out of five. Right. What am I going to tell Jack Gordon? No, we, don't your, we don't care. We don't care. That's your what, problem. Uh, I dropped it there. What bridge are we burning if we... Uh... We're not. We're burning the whole... It's over that way. It's, it's So Jack Gordon... <laughs> you can't is... drop the coin. <laughs> All right. This is on what the hell are we doing? I don't know. This is on the air, guys. <laughs> what, what? So we lost the coin and we're just crawling <laughs> around on the ground? That, that's what's happening, guys. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why would anyone listen to this? Again. Heads again. That's two. You know, if you have to go through this much trouble to decide whether you even do the interview, you really shouldn't do the interview. Tails. All right, go two to one. All right. Come on. This is it. This Tails. Tails. Two to two, oh, ladies no. and gentlemen. Oh, decided. So it all comes down to this one right here. Come on, like this you flip the coin. Don't make me go away on vacation. Heads! On a weekend of vacation, oh, have any talk to Latoya Jackson. Looks like we're calling Latoya Jackson. <laughs> how, about a little, how about a little canned heat while we're waiting? <laughs> What? Why? Why are we wasting why? This, this much time? We still haven't even got to talk to Latoya. Why'd you go to Canned Heat? Why? Why'd we go to Canned Heat? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Was Being? that a song we were playing then? I don't know. No. It's K-Rock. I don't think so. Guys, you're asking us questions about a bit we did 24 Look, years we've ago. Done why do you think so we would know many this? bits. We don't remember most Listen, of this. I, love I don't it. remember but ever flipping for a guest. That's Isn't that weird. Crazy? Okay. And not just flipping, best of five. Yeah, well... Yeah. <laughs> Being rightly pointed out, you're skipping right over yeah. two out of three. All right, let's continue. So Jack Gordon, her husband manager, is also affiliated with John Wayne Bobbitt. Oh, That's we don't want to burn the John Wayne Bobbitt bridge, That's man. The There's a lot of these big bridges we don't want. Hello? Okay. So that's how you guys got her. Uh, she was pimping out this country record. You okay. guys wanted you put the feelers up because you wanted to talk to somebody in the Michael Jackson family. Okay, uh, about the marriage, and you finally get Latoya Jackson on the phone. Latoya Jackson. Hi. Hi there. I'm fine. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. Did we wake you up? No, you didn't. Okay. LaToya, have you ever heard of the band Canned Heat? They played Woodstock? <laughs> um, I'm afraid I haven't. You, you sound just like their lead singer. <laughs> I'm just noticing that today. You have the same voice as their lead singer. Oh, 
interesting. Yeah, because we were listening to your CD from Nashville to you. Oh, I see. Yeah. No, we weren't, were we? No, we weren't listening to that CD. No. Why would we oh, tell no. her that? Wait, wait, her voice doesn't even sound like a real person, does it? It, it doesn't. She it always doesn't. had that little child yeah. voice. And she's pretty clueless. Really? And, yeah. <laughs> and so Sabine tells her that, hey, your CD, your, your CD not only has a country vibe, but it also has a little Las Vegas feel to it. And she disagrees. And you guys decide to put her on hold and talk behind her back. Oh. Okay, hold on, Montoya. Just a minute. She doesn't sound. Can she hear us on hold? No, she doesn't she's sound like she um, like she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> it's her album. <laughs> How can she listen to, listen to this music and tell me it's not Vegas? How can she not know it's Vegas? It's not country. She knows less about her album let's, than she does about Michael. Seriously, let's just end the conversation here and tell her things. Well, let's uh, let's just ask her about the Michael Jackson thing, though. All I right. want to find out, you know, where she how she found out about it and stuff like that. Now, my recollection is that we weren't supposed to ask her about the Jackson family. That was That's probably all what she they, wanted that was to do was promote yeah. her country album. Exactly. Right. And where do you guys go? <laughs> do you talk with Michael now? I haven't spoken to Michael <laughs> in a long, long time. How, how long is a long time since before the the Geraldo show? Because I know you went on the Geraldo show, and it seemed to me like you were being uh, rather unkind to your brother. Oh, no. No, I wasn't being unkind to him at all. Well, I mean, you were guessing that he was abusing children, and if that were me... I don't think this is the issue or what we should be talking about because that's, you know, we started the conversation off and then now we get on the family and I thought we were talking about me and my record instead of him. But again, I'm not here to talk about my family. I want to put that behind me and I want to move forward. Are you pretty much distancing yourself from the rest of the family? So if you want to talk about them, you can you can call them and give them a call and talk to them. Okay, thank you. See you later. Boom! <laughs> what? <laughs> wow! Yeah, I got I don't have time for that crap. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the exclusive Latoya Jackson interview. Why? Wow. Why would we flip a coin? I, I don't know, but I love it. I love that entire thing. We, we need. Let, hey, hey, Dave, you have a Latoya Jackson's number? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. By the way, uh, next week's B-Team podcast the boys are releasing is going to feature our interview with Screech from Saved by the Bell. Oh, I think we threw him out. Actor Dustin Diamond. I oh, think wow. he's one of two guests we've thrown out in the history of this show. So uh, that's something that you can look forward to wherever you get your podcast, the B-Team podcast next week. All First, right. we threw his friend out, if I recall correctly. He brought mm-hmm. a friend. Mm-hmm. Right. And they were making little sound effects to, to each other right. while we were on the air. What? Trying to do an interview. Right. <laughs> what are you doing? So we kicked his friend out. And then, it was pretty annoying. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 7.52 Thursday morning. Ali is here with another look at what's happening. Prince would be 60 years old today. Wow. Yeah, I know. He he seems timeless, so to put an age on him feels odd. But um, with his birthday comes great news about an unreleased album, Piano and a Microphone, 1983. It's an LP that's going to be released in September with the blessing of the late artist's estate. And as the title suggests, Piano and a Microphone, 1983, was recorded by him in 1983, and it's nine super intimate home recordings just Prince making them at the piano the track list includes a cover of Joni Mitchell's A Case of You as well as early versions of Purple Rain 17 Days and Strange Relationship and a song we can hear right now it's a version of the 19th century spiritual Mary Don't You Weep it's included and it's also going to be featured um, on the soundtrack of Spike Lee's upcoming movie Black Klansman. So here's a little bit of Prince doing Mary Don't You Weep. Nope. Nope. How 
dare you? Baby, don't you weep. Oh, mother, don't you This is Prince? That that's Ray man. Charles. No, that's that not is Prince just filled with the Holy Spirit. That is a man doing a spiritual. And by doing it, he is singing. He is singing. That's true. Right? <gasps> I will say that uh, the, the word is that Prince has hundreds of songs that are unreleased in his vaults. Oh, I'm sure. He's a guy who, uh, who definitely over-recorded. So I am uh, really curious to see what they're going to be coming out with in the in the years to come from Prince. Absolutely. This album uh, will be released September 21st and, of course, available to pre-order now on CD, LP, deluxe CD and LP, digital release, and pre-save for streaming. Amen to that. That's what I'm saying. Um, this is really interesting news. Um, an individual with knowledge of the production of the Top Gun sequel... Top Gun Maverick yeah. says that, uh, yeah, Val Kilmer will be in it. Okay. Because right? we were thinking, well, he hasn't been that healthy. He hasn't really been around. Right. What's going to happen? But apparently, someone with knowledge told the rep that, yeah, he's going to be in it. A rep for Paramount declined to comment on the casting of Kilmer, but he has been spotted around the San Diego hotel that the studio has been using since production began last week. Hmm. So He was just, the Iceman, right? Iceman yeah. cometh, yeah. Is he just hanging out in the lobby? Like, maybe they have, you know, Maybe they don't want him and bagels. he's just... And he's he's like, like, hey, who's in? Still here. I don't know. I mean, that would be wonderful if he's in it. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. The new film. So we have Val Kilmer on just to prove he's not dead. Wait, he's not dead? See, exactly. The new film is set to hit theaters July 12th, 2019. 2019. Yeah. Okay. I don't think Anthony Edwards will be back, though. Spoiler alert. Oh, I forgot he was in that. Oh, Goose? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Oh. Right? Right. Remember? Oh. Not at all? Yeah! Okay. I'm sorry, the question again, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> um, we were talking about uh, cats earlier because of uh, that Loki, the Sphinx, passing away. Real sad. That hairless cat that Dave didn't care about because it was ugly because he didn't ugly. have care. hair. So maybe he's going to care about this one. Um, having a personal assistant can come in very handy. Except this is about a dog. Uh, what? Wait, what? What's happening right now? Ah, I'm very confused. Ah. Having a personal assistant can come in very handy. Is that what you said? This has nothing Ex- to do with the cat. <laughs> Except for this is about a dog. <clears throat> let's, uh, let's listen to some canned heat, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the story now, Allie? <laughs> what? Uh, you guys. What? Remember 5 a.m.? Sure. That was weird. <clears throat> Take two. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, having a personal assistant comes in very handy, especially if they know doggy CPR. Katy Perry revealed on Instagram stories that her trusty right-arm woman, Tamara, saved her doggy's life. Little Nugget fell off the bed, became unresponsive, so Tamara sprung into action, 
the little tiny brown poodle had passed out for three minutes. Wow. So her assistant pushes on little Nugget's chest, blue in little Nugget's mouth, Nugget alive and well. So a lot like the story of the cat that wasn't alive. It was a strange setup. This dog is. Okay. <laughs> please. <I> mean, please. <laughs> Guys. So there's that. I mean, it's Friday, right? really feels like right? it. Right? Really, really feels like it. Um, hey, when I come back, we're going to talk about you Judge have Judy. To. I mean, listen, no, no. Judge Judy and that uh, $47 million a year. Yes. Is it money well spent? Okay. We're going to talk about that because uh, ratings for the May book have been released. Right. Just saying. Tease. It is money it's not much well spent. of a tease. The ratings are down, and so is she worth it? Oh, is that it, Kevin? <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Some birthdays for you. Good God. Fetty Wap, Iggy Azalea, Liam Neeson, Emily Ratajkowski, Tom Jones. Tom Jones is not Wayne Newton. We right. learned that in the five. Michael Sarah, Mick Foley, Bill Hader, and Dave Navarro. And that's what's happening. It's Kevin and Bean on K Rock. Hey, uh, Bean. Yeah. I'm not positive we want to let Allie talk to the guests Maybe today. not today. Maybe not today. <laughs> we're, look, we're having trouble following her. Come on. Much less Academy Award winning actor and and writer and producer and comedian <laughs> yes, get them and improver. Right? Get them all in. Uh-huh. Uh, what am I missing? Um, His I think name? I, sex symbol? Jim Rash, ladies sure. and gentlemen. Jim Rash. Uh, Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. We apologize about Allie. I know she's been talking well, to you no. off the air, and that's been painful. Yeah, we got, in, we got into a fight, and no one heard. But it was intense, but we made up, and, and I think we can be friends. I think making up was the best part. God, that was so good. So good. <laughs> I think Jim, it took about five seconds. Yeah. I'm so happy to uh, see you again. It's always a lot of fun. It's been a couple of years since you've been in. It has been a couple of years, guys. Uh, and we'll talk, about your new, <laughs> your, uh, we'll talk about your new uh, film, Bernard and Huey, in a minute. But you, you do, it seems to me like you do so much more voice acting than you do camera acting. Uh, Am I wrong about that? um, Not of late, no. You know, people have decided, you know what we like is just the voice. So, uh, (laughs) which is fine. No, I have actually been doing like Mike Tyson Mysteries for for Adult Swim. That's still a thing? (laughs) No, the the only reason I'm asking is because... Two years ago? Three years ago? I can't remember. We interviewed Mike Tyson at Comic-Con about that show. Oh, yeah? And I just assumed, you know, that it didn't make it, you mean? I just assumed that it would make it one season or whatever. It didn't look great at the time, but maybe they got it on fourth season. Fourth season. How about that? Tell me about the world of voice acting. That seems like the best of all worlds. It's, uh, yeah, you cannot complain. You know, as far as uh, the amount of time. Well, sometimes it takes a little bit longer, you know, like little four-hour segments. But usually you're going in there for an hour, crank it out, and then you're on your way. Yeah. An hour. Yeah. Sometimes. It's, and you've done, uh, du- uh, like, the big ones, DuckTales and Family Guy and... Rick and Morty. Yes. Yeah, Rick and Morty. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, yes, all of those. I, wow. I was not going to fight that. I, <laughs> for two seconds, I was like, wait a minute. You started to no. really question the list. No, no, he's right. <laughs> okay, so, so here's my next question, and this does tie into your new film, Jim, which mm-hmm. is, um, you are crazy buff in Bernard and Huey. First of all, we saw way oh. too much of your body in that film. Way too way much. Way too much. Did we? Is that a possibility? I don't think so. 
though. Uh, yes. I thought we saw it is a possibility. Wow. Tell, wow. tell, me, tell me the truth. This is where I get up and leave. <laughs> were you stunned when Jim Rash took off his shirt and he is ripped? Uh, not only ripped chest-wise, arm-wise, even some shots in your pants. Whoa. Uh, what? <laughs> I was going to go okay, cash where you I, I, I feel like I've seen the pause. film a number of times and but, I forgot where my... <laughs> but your your legs. Oh, okay. I mean, those right. are some defined little getaway sticks. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. But I guess what I'm trying to figure out is if you're mostly doing... Look, if, you're, if you're, uh, your silver screen, uh, you know, hunk days are behind you and you're mostly mm-hmm. doing voice work, why on earth are you working keep out it so much? Because you'll be surprised. My voice sounds best when I'm doing push-ups at the same time. Oh. So usually when I go in to record any of these... Uh, a number of uh, animation things. They go, Jim, you need to take your shirt squats. off. Yeah. Yeah, take your shirt take off. Your shirt and off. then I go, wait a minute, this feels weird. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, that's Hollywood. Right, that's You a have dentist. been acting for... 20-something years now. Have you ever done as much nudity as you did in in this new film? <laughs> no, I guess not. Well, no, that's not true. I think I was more... Uh, I think community was... I, I reached a level of nudity that, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you didn't totally... I thought I was know how nude Joel I was. There everywhere. were times where I was in those little flesh... I'll get uh, underwear many times mm-hmm. running down the halls of community. <laughs> yeah. uh, pixelated. So, so I was probably more nude there, as was Joel. Yeah, yeah, they always always look for ways to make Joel take his shirt off, for sure. Uh, Yes. Are you at all comfortable with that when you're filming a movie like this? Uh, There's, you know, it can be a little awkward. I mean, Bernard and Huey, we were such a fast, so small movie with small budget, you're shooting pretty fast. So Sasha Alexander, who uh, plays sort of my ex with benefits in the movie, she, Mm -hmm. uh, yes, you know, you're sort of like, here we go. All right, so, uh, you know, you, I I wasn't naked naked, but, you know. Right, Mm. right. This, uh, <laughs> tell folks I'm not sure what that what noise was. That was. Response? Yeah, I just like, oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> she just right. didn't, whatever it was you, was you just said, she didn't mind. Yeah, I was like, mm, I yeah. think you were naked, naked. <laughs> okay. All, All right. Because Fine. it's a, yeah, because it's a small budget movie and mm-hmm. doesn't have the benefit of the, uh, the, uh, Deadpool 2 advertising budget. Yeah. Like, tell folks, tell folks about Bernard and Huey. Uh, yeah, Bernard and Huey, uh, uh, stars myself and, uh, David Koechner, uh, uh, Mae Whitman as well. And, uh, basically it is, uh, Jules Pfeiffer, who is like a, a Pulitzer wise uh pulitzer wise he's wise of pulitzer sure. <laughs> uh winning uh oscar winning you know writer he and a fellow oscar winning uh, sure yes and he <laughs> wrote uh this back in 1986 is basically uh about two friends who uh grew up together sort of uh were estranged and for 30 years reunite sort of an odd couple style when uh Dave's Keckner, uh, Dave Keckner's uh, character Huey shows up at my door, and then I end up having a relationship with his and, uh, daughter Mae Whitman. Mm. So it's sort of like a men uh, in the middle of a midlife crisis, and the smart women who um, I like uh, that when he shows up, fix at, them. I like when he shows up at your door. You don't recognize him at all. No, not at all. <laughs> not yeah, he's changed. So he's thirty years. <laughs> yes, it takes a now, while. We know Dave Keckner pretty well. He's been on the show many times over the years, and he's he'll be the first to tell you that he never says no to anything because he has five kids. So he's got to work. <laughs> what about what about Rich Jim Rash? What attracted what? you to this? What made you say yes? Wow, I'm being really painted. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, tell us about Rich I'm Jim Rash. Lord by the rich part. What? 
<laughs> what what attracted Rich Jim Rash to this? Because you have your pick of projects. The, the, he they said, said yes to Bernard and Huey. They said, "Would you like to be a lead?" Yes. I mean, that was uh, okay. no. I no. I, the truth is, is that I had just finished Community and done played Dean Pelton for like six years, and this was a chance to do something that was a departure from that. Uh, and I think those are moments that you, as an actor, want to grab. You know, certainly when you have been seen a certain way, especially in television, sometimes they'll start throwing things that feel very similar to you, mm-hmm. and uh, you. Seems so lazy. Well, I think they just know that is something that that uh, you can do re- very well, okay. and they would love uh, some sort of that into their show or a version of that. You or... see, actors and actresses all the time take other roles, and they're successful at doing it. And Absolutely. you go, "Well, how come?" I think sometimes it's like they have to see it, and and you know whether it's in the room when you audition, or whether you have to sort of push uh, push harder and get into that room and prove it to them. It's just a fact, you know, I think. That's how it works. All right, this, this is going to sound like a dumb and possibly naive question, but you seem like, and the word is that you're a very, very nice man, Jim. Yeah, okay. Is there anything anything about <laughs> He's not buying what you're saying. <laughs> no, I'm, I, let me see where he's going okay. with this. Is there anything that was difficult about playing, frankly, a dick? Oh, 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 wow. Uh, you know what? Because he nailed people. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, thank you. Thank <laughs> you very much. real good at it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I tapped into that uh, thing that I pushed down inside of me, that demon. No, but I, uh, I, I like, I, I write those type of characters, or at least I prefer to write those characters. Flawed. Not always like a, a dick, per se, but someone who has a lot of, uh, you know... To find out the context within these characters, to find out why the way they are, you know, the the the, the demons they're battling, and and maybe you know, uh, I think that comes to find some interesting layers to do it. So I, I do, I do like flawed characters. I do like uh, you know characters that that might be uh, difficult to like or understand. But as soon as you do, as soon as you hear what's going on behind the scenes, I think like in life, sure. we we may not want to be around that person on a daily basis. They might be toxic in our world. However, we go, I now get them, you know, so there's almost a sympathy and understanding of them. That was a really good answer, Jim. Thank you. That was real good. Well, I tried. <laughs> the film is called Bernard and Huey. It's in select theaters and video on demand tomorrow, Friday, June 8th, starring Jim Rash and our friend Dave Kector. More with Jim right after this on K-Rock. It's Kevin and Pete. K-Rock. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, uh, it's Academy Award winner uh, Jim Rash in studio with us here on the Kevin and Bean Show, best known as the uh, salesman Bill in, according to Jim, in one episode of 2002. <laughs> Would you I'm say sure everybody remembers you... him from that? Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised there are not more T-shirts out there with my <laughs> or salesman to Jim Bill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jim, let me ask you uh, because I'm so in awe of anyone who wins an Academy Award, and yours was for the adapted screenplay for The Descendants, and then you wrote uh, with your collaborators a wonderful movie called. Called the Way Way Back that Thank you. with Steve Carell that we love so much. It's very difficult to write a movie, right? It is not easy. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It's a writing is a love hate thing. You 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 love when it's done, and then you're excited, and then you start another one, and you realize, oh, this is this is why I hated it. And then is, I want to know about again, the life of a writer. Do you start me. a lot of no writers a lot of going, things? That's true. 
Do you start a lot of things and then abandon them because you yes. you, just they don't work? And uh, I don't hard? know if they don't work, but you might revisit them later and they start to work because you're missing some piece. I mean, I've, I've written a number of things that you write a whole thing and it seems broken. And then you go back and you just take one little thing out of it. And that becomes a much better movie or pilot. Mm-hmm. Or even when I was in the Groundlings, you know, sketch wise, you would bail on a sketch two pages in. That was more fortuitous because you'd be like, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no eyeball should ever. And no ear should hear this, or no eyeball should see this. (laughs) And um, do you find people are receptive to you in Hollywood with your ideas? Or is it still, (laughs) even though you've won an Oscar, is it still you really have to beat down doors to get anybody to let you make a a movie? Look, I, I... I think I think you at best you could say you know the Oscar was open the door a little bit, but you still got to go in with something that people that entices them or has a good you know. So it's still a difficult you know. We're you know Nat and I made uh, way way back I think t- 2013 it came out, and you know we've been up to bat close to make a second movie, but then you know things fall apart. So inevitably it's just a difficult. You know, especially for smaller movies to get to the to the end game. It just it always seems to us like once you win the Oscar for writing, everything you do from that point on because People you obviously are. know yeah. what you're doing. I, I, yeah, I, well, I you, you know, know this like, is, look at all the movies that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck have written. <laughs> Thank you, Ali. Well, that's here's, here's that's where thing. I was going. With I this. know. I'm just gonna say the truth is sometimes you know you you it doesn't matter. It's like so, you. I think uh, uh, very more accomplished writers will say I've got good stuff and I've got bad stuff. It just happens. You know, things fall apart. It's not always uh, exactly perfect. I, I think I think there are writers who have a much better skill set than I do as far as uh, the speed of which they write I'm a little slow right. uh, I like to write rewrite so it takes a little bit longer but also I would say that you know sometimes you know as a writer for me you you write something and then you and people like it and then you start another one and you have this fear about being a fraud like did I have one in me so then right. you struggle so and I'm not saying that's what that is because obviously you wrote way way back in the descendants so so far it's okay yeah. <laughs> so far so good <laughs> but right. I could take you all home right now mm-hmm. and that's an invitation all right. and you will see a closet full of stuff that again no I balls, no ears, right. should receive the information on these pages. Do you okay. ever think I need, because you're so good at comedy, if you've never seen him do Groundlings work, it is phenomenal. Do you ever just want to write a pure slapstick comedy, or do you think because you can do it so well, it would be hard for you to watch other people do it? No, I I, I think there it's, it's always... Um, uh, the idea of doing something with a little bit less, you know, more levity and just mm-hmm. for fun is absolutely something I would love to do. And that, you know, we even started, you know, the way way back started, and our idea was let's just do a fun comedy in a water park. Oh, and then I that, happened that yeah, changed. changed, yeah, that changed quite a bit. And so we're writing, you know stuff and then I don't know what it was but I told him the story of what happened to me which is what starts the actual way way back which was what when my stepfather asked what I was on a scale from 1 to 10 people heard the story and I said 6 and he said you're a 3 and so <laughs> we it's just a heartbreaking story <laughs> every time you real quick if no one's every heard that story they're like wow wow <laughs> good luck Jim so uh, so what I so that just sort of changed it for us and we realized the family stuff was sort of writing itself as we just started yeah. now obviously it's not autobiographical after that, but but uh, yeah, it just worked out that way. It's Again, the same thing. Film. You start one way and then you end another. 
Do you think I, I have to get back and ask your professional opinion? You may not want to give it on the air, but Ali brought up the one of the great mysteries in Oscar history is Ben and Matt winning that Oscar for Goodwill Hunting and never wrote another word again by all accounts. I guess what? to our knowledge, you know, to our, our knowledge. Did they? They might have, and they just haven't made it. it is it possible that you can write a movie that great and never have another idea that that comes to fruition, though? I think it's possible. I think I think if you... Uh, I mean, I'm not saying one-hit wonders like that in music, mm-hmm. but obviously they probably wrote other things, but they're known for one thing. I think... Ghostwriters. <clears throat> <I>, oh. <laughs> boom. <laughs> somebody boom. else. I didn't want to is say Is that it. what you're saying, conspiracy <laughs> bean? Wow. That's not what you're I'm, saying. I'm just asking our expert That's in the studio not what Today, we just blew wow. the lid off of one-hit wonders. <laughs> Wow. And everybody is swerving in their cars. <laughs> I I think, I mean, there's got to be, I, I cannot imagine there's not people who have written one novel. There's not, you know, I think, I, I don't know if you have another one story in you, but sometimes people are like, I want it to speak to me that this is, you know, I don't know. I can't speak for... But Speak I, for them. Okay. I know. We're all, look, we're all just speculating and none of us know. But the, the truth of the matter, matter is, in, at least in their case, they both went on to have enormously successful careers as actors and mm-hmm. might have just said, it's so much easier just acting. They uh, Now that, mm-hmm. I say, I would at least say. You could get behind that, yeah. I mean, and also, you know, the, directing as well, I'm sure. And so I think, you know. Oh, some, yeah, and Affleck's some, a great director. Some things, your, your career goes a different way. And yes, it might feed something else. Believe me, there are times, you know, especially when I was on Community, I was just happy to be there. There and doing one thing. I think right. doing the way way back was the most stressful, rewarding, but stressful summer of my life. All right. Let me ask you. We're almost out of time. Our friend Jim Rash is like, here, okay. by the way. We're talking about his new film, Bernard and Huey, available in select theaters and on demand tomorrow. But I have to ask, since you mentioned community, I have to ask one question I've been dying to ask, which is, you had an enormously talented cast on that show and almost everybody on that show has gone on to have a great career Jillian works all the time Allison mm-hmm. works all the time Yvette mm-hmm. uh, Joel obviously is doing great did anyone have any idea that Donald Glover would turn into Childish Campino and then Atlanta guy and Lando Calrissian and all the rest are no, you stunned I, by his success I, not stunned in the sense that if you knew him obviously when he was on the show you knew exactly what uh, how much talent was there. You could I, tell that he was... Oh, absolutely. And then we went something. to... We did go to an early Childish Gambino concert all together. This is much earlier when we were still on the show. So you already knew that. Uh, I. Uh, but beyond that, you know, knowing that he sort of focused in Atlanta and obviously now in Solo, it's just... It doesn't surprise me is what I guess I should say mm-hmm. at all. And he's such a great improv talent. Talk about improv. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Oh, his SNL appearance was tremendous. No, I knew so right funny. away when I saw it. I said, oh, this is this is more than in his wheelhouse. <laughs> I feel like him trying out for SNL has to be one of those things that Lauren just goes, yeah, I screwed that one up. I assume there's got to be a lot there of those through the of, years. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't, I, I only know through the Grammys, but I know the number of people you're like, oh, okay. Well. Is that something you ever thought about, Jim, SNL? I okay. This is going to be the quickest story. But Nat and I, my writing partner, went to to audition for Saturday Night Live many, many, many years ago. Uh, it was a let's, what's the word I'm looking for? Disaster. <laughs> um, it was. That's a hard audition. Horrible. Though. We were at UCB. The uh, I think it was the old place where they had UCB at the time. Uh, Tina was there. They were in the audience. They decided to have us do what is called a herald and improv. It's this sort of a style that I'm not totally trained. In uh, it's basically long form improv, and it was uh, nine guys up there oh, trying wow. to vie for attention in an improv. And oh, let me just wow. tell you, when you have nine guys trying to to show off what they've got, 
you've got nine guys in, again, the word I looked for and found successfully was disaster. disaster. Yeah. Now, I will say that uh, Fred Armisen opened for us, and he obviously went on. Is this good he wasn't one of the nine? Or oh, eight, my or God. Many? And the whole time afterwards, you're, you're talking to people going, it wasn't that bad, was it? It wasn't that bad. <laughs> no, I, got, I got a couple laughs. Okay, good. We'll see. You know, and you just saw them running to their car. <laughs> or into a taxi, I guess, not a car. I love those kind of showbiz stories, Jim. Thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. The film is uh, Bernard and Huey, you guys. And uh, Dave Keckner is in it. Jim uh, Rash is in it. Mae Whitman, who's wonderful in it. Sasha Alexander, Nancy Travis. And the President of the United States, Bellamy Young, by the way. Mm-hmm. As that, Aggie, who's just, tremendous in the film as well. Just, thank it's, you. Uh, it's available VOD and in select theaters tomorrow. Jim, great to see you again. Thanks awesome. for coming in. Thank you for having me again. Thank you. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Dr. Drew is not going to be happy with us, Kevin. I know. Look. He tolerates our nonsense on a weekly basis on right. the Kevin Bean Show, but he is a medical professional, and he comes on to save the world and do good and, and give people good health information. Right, but there are times that we need information that we don't have. Mm-hmm. I know. So we had a topic, a very important topic, one that Dr. Drew says is an essential topic to discuss here in the 21st century, but instead we're jettisoning that because we need to talk about the poo jogger. Hey, Doc. Such a pleasure. So <laughs> proud. I'm so proud. My proudest moment, maybe today. But let's yeah. just let's just state let's see it. See how it goes. Coming soon, the Dunning Kruger effect. We'll get into more detail. We I was will. prepared to talk about that. We'll do that next week. Literally three minutes ago. Okay, we'll do that next week. We'll literally three minutes ago, Chip runs out and goes, get a hold I of need the mindset of the of a pooper. <laughs> okay, right. That's so here's what's going on for you, Dr. Drew, and for folks who weren't listening earlier today, is there is yet another mad pooper, phantom pooper, whatever you want to call it. This one, the hashtag in Australia is Pooja. Who has been running around for a year and has deposited at least 30 outdoor poops over the course of the past year. He has been caught. He is a 62-year-old professional, a corporate bigwig who has since lost his job, by the way, named Andrew McIntosh. Now, they say nowhere in the article his motivation. And that's where you come in as a bright guy who has studied human behavior for so long. We're trying to figure out what's going on with these people that have to poop in public. Why is there more than one? Why is there more than one? Why is there one? And when you guys proposed this story, I said, that's old news. We passed that one a long time ago. Wrong, sir. New one. Still going, New one. It's still, yeah, it's still going on. There's one in Toronto right now that's still on the loose. There's been one in Colorado recently, another in New York. This one's in Brisbane. Why is it all over the world? What's happening? Who is laughing? Me? <laughs> I find that funny. Uh, well, I, 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 given that I've had three minutes to compose my thoughts. Oh, stop I'm, complaining. I'm, I'm figuring it's in, <laughs> it must be different categories, okay? Okay. So one, obviously, if somebody has Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis and they're going to be a runner, they're going to be prone to accidents and things. And that may just happen on somebody's lawn, it seems to me. But this seems like they're, you know, it's happened 25 or 30 yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. So hold on. So that's one possibility. Okay. An- so you're saying a chronic, be, a chronic bowel issue. That's that, right. It, Inflammatory it, bowel disease or something like that. So, it, okay. and, and then one would be just a random event. I, I personally almost was one of those people once, and thank God came upon one of those porta potties. Strangely, Carole and I did two entire podcasts on this yesterday. Strangely, enough, I was surprised. Very really? weird that we were having this conversation today. But anyway, on porta potties and their history and their evolution and our experiences in them. Uh, but the other category, which is sort of more, I think, where you're looking, is what are the psychological? Yes. Features? Now, there are people, if you look on either side of the homeless encampments, you'll find large piles of human feces. And those are people that are, are psychotic, that are chronically detached right, from reality. Right, this so, guy, was a, he ran a company. I guess, the I guess, the homeless so people on. don't have a choice, though. They have to poop somewhere. Well, and, and they, they really don't care because they're not detached. They're detached from reality. So, so there, there's that. 
Uh, and there are people that are drug addicts and are not caring in, in some right. real sense. Okay. So, so these are the kind of categories I want to walk through. And then there's somebody like the the uh, coffee shop pooper the other day. Did you see that one? Well, which one was that? What did oh he do? Oh, my God. The woman oh, that pooped yeah. in front of the cashier and then threw her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and that seems like some sort of, I don't know what to make of that, but clearly not a well person, right? And sort of somebody with overwhelming aggression and some sort of impulse control problems like personality disorder. So there's another category. But I think what you're getting at are the people that literally are behaving like more primitive primates that are literally... It, it's like a big F you, right? They're going to leave that on. Some people do it on people's lawns that, with, with purpose. Like yeah, they're a, doing it on purpose. Yeah, with a particular person, with a particular intent in mind. It's some sort of really passive, aggressive sort of signal that comes from our primitive primate heritage. I mean, go to the zoo. The, the monkeys will let you know the same. They, they yeah. will throw it at you. So this is a person making a statement about the world or about the, I, I, the world their, their or, own or, unhappiness? Or, yes, or that particular person where they're depositing their goods. Uh, so, so, <laughs> their I'm goods. so pleased It's a very pleasant way to describe it. <laughs> so pleased to be talking about this morning, do, gentlemen. Do you think, this is why you went to medical school. Oh, this but, is it. This is a highlight. I, do you think, pinnacle. is is there any we we all hear about and this is what I was asking the kids earlier but now I can ask you uh is there anything that would be the equivalent of what it, the thrill an exhibitionist gets out of doing something that's private in public and it, it, could that translate to what the the mad pooper is doing uh no because that usually has uh it's directed at somebody usually like they like they're you're sharing that with somebody this you really don't want anybody to see it, though you're leaving it behind. So I guess there's sort of a connection there, but you, but it's it's not exhibitionistic. It's more about secretive acting out of aggression. Does that make sense? But it yes. is in public, so it has sort of an exhibitionistic right. potential. Right. It's just specifically avoiding that that they get high from. And you think the person who, when you're the the poo jogger and you run away from your deposit, do you think you feel great? Like you are so happy that you just did that, just I, delivered the goods. It, yep. <laughs> Hard, hard for me to relate to what's going on. Get out on in there the and poop the in poop, public, Drew. The mind of the pooper. Do some but, research. But I'm imagining it's like, yes, got him, <laughs> done and done. That's what I we thought. Done. Okay, all right. Now we're good. So your advice, as we close, then to our listeners, is is be a mad pooper or don't be a bad pooper i'm guessing that this must be a healthy trend we're suggesting right this i mean okay. on on and uh we're sort of giving it a green light is that what we're saying here fantastic we're going to say we're going to harmless way of expressing your aggression guys is that what we're saying that's here? what we're saying oh god we're good <laughs> and it's free hey uh drdrew.com is the website for all of the great podcasts including the dr drew podcast the adam and drew podcast the swole patrol with mike catherwood don't forget drew is on every weekday afternoon from noon till three on 790 kab and you can download the Heal app on the App Store and Google Play and get a doctor now in the comfort of your own home. DrDrew.com will do your syndrome thing next well, week. And Thank you for joining people, us. If you want to hear about that syndrome, I do a podcast with David McCraney at the Dr. Drew Podcast. You can look for that. We talk about Dunning-Kruger. But we'll do it with you next time. All right. Sounds great. Thanks, Doc. The Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock. Thursday morning, our last look at what's happening. Here's Allie. Guys, it's Thursday, right? It is Thursday, yeah. Um... Not a good situation happening. Oh, See what situation. You did? Yeah. Ronnie from Jersey Shore uh, almost came to blows filming. Okay. This is at the pool party at the Flamingo. This all happened yesterday, but it's coming out today. He had to be restrained 
going after a loud mouth. He was charging the guy. Cameras rolling for so this is for season two coming up. Okay. Apparently, uh, the man with uh, that Ronnie was beefing with keeps shouting something about Gucci and hustling. So I can't wait to see this footage. <laughs> Sounds really good. Um, however, not the first time that Ronnie has gotten heated with strangers. He landed behind bars in season one after knocking a man unconscious. Holy crap. He also brawled with another guy while filming the show, but cops were not involved in that one. And then more recently, uh, yesterday at the Flamingo. So, uh, way to go, Ronnie. Let's take a guy with an anger management problem mm-hmm. and pump him up full of alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, and put, put cameras on, on him. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Is, and is he the super buff one, too? So, Who he's knows? probably pumped up with weightlifting. Sure. Yeah. So you need to be on your TikTok game with your GTLs to save FTD to get the girls to DTF in MIA. I mean, we all understand, right? right? Sure. Totally. Totally agree with all of that. Um, Tommy Lee, we all, we've seen the video, right? Back in the day, him driving a boat. Sure. With his wang. Sure. If you weren't aware... Yeah, that happened uh, in 1995 when someone broke into Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson's house, stole a sex tape, then wound up putting it out there. And Pamela Anderson sued the company. Then they decided, oh, well, let's actually make some money with it. We'll go in it together. Was it a publicity stunt? Who knows? Why am I bringing it up? Because Brittany Furlan, who is Tommy Lee's fiance, was asked outside of the Topanga Mall about her relationship with Tommy Lee. And she said, oh yeah, we've uh, we've made some sex tapes, but they will never see the light of day. And I oh, say boy. to you, that's cute. Brittany, <laughs> maybe they will. Because if the whole Tommy Lee, Pamela Anderson thing wasn't them putting it out and pretending it was a setup, right. then someone literally took their sex tape and put it out there. Broke into their home. Yeah. And now you're telling people you Get have those it. tapes there. So maybe don't. It's like life is like a snare drum. Whack it. That's what I am saying. Right. Great, great point, Tommy, <laughs> right there. Um, and in case you missed it, uh, Panic at the Disco performing tonight ahead of Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Guys, How about Panic at the Disco? Uh-huh. How about <laughs> them? They are going to be performing before tonight's Game 5. So that's exciting. Sure. Right? So, so far great. this series, we have had uh, last game in Washington, Fallout Boy, right? Yes. Uh, we've had Panic at the Disco, and the f- game one. Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons did oh. it too. That was game two. Mm, yeah. yeah, and they haven't won. Oh, what? Cold War Kids, <laughs> guys. We don't have Cold War Kids. Oh, yet. not Cold War Kids. Hockey but kids. I'm saying uh, game five. Yeah. Let's say Vegas takes it. Mm, okay. Blink One Eighty Two. Then they head back to uh, Washington. <laughs> Blink One Eighty Two performs. Then they head back for Game Seven. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Killers, right? I mean, I don't know. What, I'm what saying the killers obviously are doing. the okay. Killers. All right, you've had Imagine Dragons, you've had Panic at the Disco, right. and the Killer Brand is probably like, listen, guys, if it goes to Game Seven. I'm in. Dig them up. So, so here's what not. has to happen is that yeah. the Vegas Golden Knights have to win tonight uh-huh. in Vegas. Right. Then they have to go to Washington. They have to yes. win in Washington yes. to force a Game 7 yes. back 
in Vegas. Yes. And then you're guessing yes. it might uh-huh. be the killers because they're from there. That is what I'm saying. Okay. However, That's some solid reporting. However, I, here's what I would like. I would like that because A, I love the killers. B, I want a game seven. Okay. However, I'm very okay with Vegas winning tonight and then the Capitals winning game in front six of their crowd. in front of their home crowd. I think those people deserve it. They live in Washington. <laughs> right? Who's right. with me? Who is with me? Uh, Sandra Bullock is uh, living a whole new existence since she added the title of mom to her extensive resume. She revealed to Hodakot Beyond Today that she has had a, quote, really good life before adding to the family, but says, once you have children, you go, my life was nothing until you showed up. I was literally wasting time every day. And now knows exactly what my life is about because of them. And I say to that, holy crap. <laughs> that, uh, that's, that's a lot. She's a bitch. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, all my friends say they never knew love until their children. Right. I don't have kids. Right. Do I not know love? Does my life not mean anything because my ovaries are dust? Is that what it means? I mean, I can't answer that for you. Kevin, what was your life like before you had children? I don't remember. Oh, you're gross. (laughs) Yeah. I really don't. I don't remember my life before kids. I really don't. Bean, do you ever feel like your life isn't quite what it could have been because your ovaries, too, are dust? (laughs) No. I Uh am very uh, comfortable and have been unwavering in Mm -hmm. my decision long ago to not have children. The only time it... uh, And and I feel good about that. And it's not like I've ever woken up one day and thought I made a mistake. I think that's right No, you've been solid from day one. The only thing I will say... And I think this is legitimate is I do have some concerns about me being older mm-hmm. and not having some sort of familial support system, being the only the only one left. You know, just me and my wife right. and one of us will go first. And then who's going to be around to look after whoever's left? You know, that's oh. my only concern. I mean, that yeah. is one of the benefits of having children is if you guys have to maintain a good relationship, at mm-hmm. least they'll look after you when you get old. Mm-hmm. Unless Jeff, the screwed. woman in the... <laughs> Obituary. Unless it's right, her. exactly. Right. Unless it's that sort of a situation. I, I often think um, about not having kids. And I think to myself, like, if I'm laying on the couch and I'm like, oh, I wish I had a Diet Dr. Pepper. Right. <laughs> I think one of those little S heads could grab me a Diet Dr. Pepper. Sure. Mm-hmm. So just so just to be clear, so uh-huh. you want somebody to run errands for you and grab stuff yes. out of the fridge. Yes. And Bean wants somebody to take care of him when he's old. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. But you've got both those things, Kevin. <laughs> right. <You're> set. <laughs> Poor Chip. <laughs> Chip does none of that. I'll tell you. I mean, it's true. <laughs> Some birthdays for you. Fetty Wap, Iggy Azalea, Liam Neeson, Emily Ratajkowski, Tom Jones, Michael Sarah, Mick Foley, Bill Hader, and Dave Navarro. And that's what's happening. Thank you, Ali. The SoCal Helpful Honda dealers are handing out random acts of helpfulness. We all win with a commercial-free drive home today at 5 p.m. Tomorrow morning, Friday morning, an all-new Kevin and Bean show. We do Keep It 100 on Fridays. We've also got a Jersey Shore recap with Omar tomorrow. We've got a uh, scientific survey we need your help with. And from The Daily Show, uh, Roy Wood Jr. will be joining us in studio. Love him so much. And we will continue giving you tickets to Florence and the Machine at the Hollywood Bowl and qualifying you for a VIP trip to the Life is Beautiful Festival in downtown Vegas 
tomorrow morning. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.